is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorinda. Welcome back, everyone, to the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, Michael, I am in my pajamas. Yeah. In my PJs. Pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> in your jammies, was, in your gym uh, jams? I'm in my gym jams. What do you guys call them in Aussie land? No, we just call them pajamas. Pajamas. It doesn't really Nothing. ever get cold enough that we really need them, so I just sleep in boxer shorts all year round, pretty much. Oh, my. You're subjecting our... You are our listeners to viewer discretion. Images. No, listener discretion is advised. <laughs> listener discretion is advised. Uh, yeah. So I was upstairs and I was like, oh man, like, what am I going to, I have some time. I'm like, what am I going to do tonight? So I got my laptop out and I'm like, oh, I just got this new PS3 controller that I hooked up with Bluetooth. <laughs> I'm going to play this new game that my brother sent me. I'm like, all right, you're like sit down and open up my laptop. And right in front of my face is a PDF of a brand new book that I just downloaded Docker for PHP developers. I was like, dang it. I have that podcast in two minutes. It's a good thing I opened up my laptop. You guys have been trying to get a hold of me. So it is 10.30 p.m. in central Illinois. We have on the podcast with us today, everybody's favorite human, Mr. Paul Redmond. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Yeah, so so uh, as you may have heard me refer to Mr. Paul Redmond before on our podcast, Paul is the guy who does a ton of the writing on the Laravel News podcast, or on, not, yeah, he does a ton of writing for the podcast. He manuscripts it for us every week. Yeah. Um, no, he writes a lot of the articles for Laravel News. So we are forever indebted to him. And uh, I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, but Paul, we wanted to have you on the show this week for a couple of reasons. Number one, to say thank you for all that you do. Uh, number two, to let you talk to the people about who you are and what it is that you do. And then number three, to talk about the book that you just wrote. So let's start with number one. Michael, I already said thank you. You can go ahead and say thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for making our job easy. We were saying before the show <laughs> that usually we don't have much of a plan. We just pull up our little Laravel news archive that, that we have access to and we just scroll through and read through all of all of your wonderful writings. So it makes Pretty our much. job really easy. So it's nice to be able to get you on and, and thank you sort of face-to-face and thank you on behalf of all of our listeners as well. Well, yep. yeah, thanks, yep. guys. That's nice of you. It's it's obvious that they put Lots the good-looking guys on the podcast and me just <laughs> writing the articles in the background. <laughs> well, let's say I have a face for radio. You ever heard that? Yeah, you have it. a face for radio. Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what your face looks like for all those people who didn't catch it. Um, okay, so, Paul, for those of us who have maybe, or for those of our listeners who maybe this is the first time they're hearing about you, would you mind kind of... Uh, Tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you work, how long you've been doing software development for, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I guess to start, I've been in the Laravel community since probably about 2015. And interestingly, the thing that got me into it was writing a couple of Lumen services when Lumen came out. And I was really trying oh, cool. hard yeah. to uh, get my company to start using Laravel. And I kind of snuck in some Lumen because they weren't quite nice. ready to make the full dive. And all the, all the developers that I showed it to were just super excited about it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got involved in Laravel and, you know, starting to write articles and content about it. Before that, I guess I started, see, about 15 years ago doing front-end development design and then kind of jumped into WordPress and into the back end, did Cake PHP for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. oh, yes, here I am. So, 
There you are today. And where do you work currently, Paul? So I work for a little company called Credo. And I'm building a, okay. an, an e-commerce platform for like direct selling companies. Okay. So like uh, specifically like makeup company is what I'm doing it now. I'm building it all in Laravel. Okay. And uh, Docker cool. and Kubernetes and Google Cloud. So it's it's a lot of fun. I get to work in the framework I love every day. And mm -hmm. with the tools that I, <laughs> I love every day, it's pretty awesome. It is, nice. right? I mean, isn't it honestly like you look forward to going to work every day when you get to work in stuff that you actually enjoy working in, right? You don't yeah. work a day in your life because you're just like, yeah. you're excited to go to work. You get to work in Laravel. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And the, the great awesome. part about it is like Laravel makes my life so dang easy. You know, like there's just, yep. there's a problem. Yep. Yep. And you might uh, spend some time on uh, software design, but there's always a solution that just, you know, you wrap it up in a neat little bow with Laravel. It's just yep. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you on a team? Are you on a team of developers? Is there anybody else who you work with? Are you kind of a solo developer or what's the deal? So there? Um, I work with a couple other developers, but I'm the lead developer on the project I'm working on and I'm pretty much solo on my own. And then the other nice. developers I work with work on a separate platform for direct sale companies as well. So, okay. Yeah. I still get to bounce ideas off of other people, but the project that I'm specifically working on is kind of on my own. Okay. So is it like client work? Sort of like, do these people hire you to do this? Like, are you doing, you know, is it like a, um, what do you call that? An agency? Credo? Um, no, we're actually a software company. The main okay. company, Credo, builds a direct sell gamification platform. And what's really cool about it actually is it's built off of Laravel on the front end. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Laravel application is powering the Android and the iPhone app as well. Yep. So, um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. So how long how long have you been at Crato then for? So I just started there in October last year. I've I've kind of jumped around a little bit. So uh, okay. I was at a a very large publisher last year, and I just kind of mm -hmm. wanted to try something different. So I I jumped over to a startup for like six months. I wasn't super happy with it. So um, yeah, had some buddies that are running this business, Crato. And I know know the owners pretty well, so it was a just a really good fit, and it's it's been really fun to kind of be my own boss for a bit. And <laughs> yeah. nice. So you, are you working remote, or do you have an office that you go to? So it's both. I can do you know remote if I want, like um, mm -hmm. you know traffic's bad. I can just work remote, or we got a little office here in Scottsdale. Um, I guess I didn't mention I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, grew up here in Arizona. Nice. And what's the weather like? Got a, the offices. It's great right now. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of months that are pretty rough patch of heat, but right now it's pretty awesome. Uh, Paul, I have a couple of friends who just moved to Phoenix. I think we might have talked about this the last time we had you on the North Meets South podcast, but they just moved there. So we will definitely be down there to visit them sometime in the next year, probably. So I'll make sure that mm. when I'm coming, I'll let you know so we can get together. Yes, please hit me up. You need a ride from the airport or just, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever you need, man. Awesome. Sounds I'm good. here for you. Sounds good. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about kind of like what we wanted to bring you on the show to talk about, which is that you've been working on this book for the last year, year and a half. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea has been in my head for about three years and I've just started getting serious about it about 12 months ago. Sure. So tell us about the book. Tell us the title mm -hmm. and all about all about it, what it's about, why you wanted to write it, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, so the book is Docker for PHP developers. Yeah, you know, I'm for, first and foremost a you know, software developer, but um, at the publishing company that I was working at uh, before in last year, we have you know our own infrastructure, and uh, we don't use anything like uh, you know basically every we roll everything ourselves. Gotcha. Right? So sure. I was very mm -hmm. involved in deployments. 
in fact, have done lots of different types of deployment styles. And I just got super frustrated with the fact that like every time I was working on a new project, my local environment wouldn't work for it. And I, I tend to have to spin up like a vagrant box and my machine would get all bogged down. And I was working on a couple of legacy projects that still made the company money. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to give Docker a try. And the ops guys as well, were starting to use it in production. So um, anyway, I, I spun, I, I started learning Docker and I was learning Laravel at the same time. So it was quite a learning curve. Yeah, um, for sure. But it's turned out to be like one of my favorite like environments when I deploy code you know, you literally are like deploying the image and that's it. Um, so it's mm -hmm. like super consistent deployments. Um, whereas before we were using Capistrano and I know you could, you could have, I could, we could have done the build a little differently, but how we were doing it is we would deploy it to the, the server and, the, you know, maybe have 10, 20 servers, depending on traffic. Capistrano has to go out and run composer install, has to set up all the build environments. And that was actually happening during a deployment, um, which is terrible, but you know, <laughs> it was working. So, yeah, right. yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, what I'm saying, though, is like we could have made the build better without Docker, right? We could have built the entire application, all the composer dependencies, etc., and then deployed out like a, a gzip to all these servers and then done like, you know, config cache and run like route caching and all that stuff sure. while yeah. deploying. But anyway, the um, the fact that you're delivering an image as an artifact that has all the code packaged inside of it, it's kind of like other languages benefit from, like you know, in Java where you're just delivering one thing. Yeah. Um, so that's it's compiled. That's where right? Docker is. is um, yeah. So Docker is you know it's a built image. Right. I'm sorry. I'm, I meant like in Java or whatever. Right. Like it's a compiled yeah. language. Right. It's kind of like it's it's the parallel. Right. right. It's like you're deploying an artifact. Like it's already. You know, you've been running it on your machine. It, the exact thing that you had on your machine mm -hmm. is what's going to production. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So it just, it really made our deployments very consistent. Rollbacks were always really scary with Capistrano, mm -hmm. you know, when you're yeah. rolling back to a, a previous version. Yeah. And I know even GitHub was using Capistrano for a while and like they're moving over to Docker. And some of the challenges that um, Docker does, you know, have its own challenges, but uh, I found that deployments were just super clean with Docker. And so you pretty much like just fell mm -hmm. in love with Docker and you're like, I need to tell everybody about this. I need to tell the world about Docker. And so you decided yes. to write this book. So the the part that I got really passionate about was our, our operations guys were building Docker as well because they're like, we want to use this in production. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't really involving the developers in the process. So the developers kind of had their own builds of Docker and some people using <laughs> Vagrant. And uh, I was like, this is madness, you know? <laughs> right. So what what our company needed was kind of like a an, an ambassador if you will to kind of bridge the gap between ops and uh development and that's where docker's really cool instead of me having to go hit up the operations team to go get some like nginx config and figure out what they're doing in production the production code is sitting in my code repository so i am yeah. very intimate with the nginx config or whatever server is being used it's just really cool because Basically, it kind of brings operations and developers together in the middle, and you have a lot more understanding of what the infrastructure is actually like. I mean, I, that's I've really been on a lot of teams where that's really. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. I'm just I'm thinking through what you're saying here, and you're basically saying like all the configs for the server that you're going to deploy are in your repository. Yes, in in a sense. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, so like because any of the configs and stuff. So I was just reading through portion of the book, and you were like, you know, you were configuring a PHP to INI, right? 
mm-hmm. and that's going to be like in your Docker, like that's it's going to be in some folder that's in your source control, right? And as, as you deploy your image or whatever, that's the PHP INI, right? As of now, like for me, if I want to change PHP INI, like I have no idea what it is unless I'm going to the server that the mm-hmm. code is running right. on and going to look at it, right? Yeah. There's no way. Right. I, I just don't know. I don't have any control over that. I don't have any. It's on the server. That's where it lives. But what you're saying, right? Yeah, it's like it's all it's all there, right? It's all in source control. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it gets a bit finicky as well, especially when you're not managing the systems. So we have a team that manages our servers at at my job. And it means that depending on the server that you're on and what operating system is there, the, the PHP.ini file could be in, you know, slash etc or it could be in some other location. And you may not necessarily be intimately familiar where where yeah. that is. So Docker really is the culmination of, you know, years and years of that mm-hmm. the whole development production, you know, environment parity that that we've been looking for. So mm-hmm. it makes it, you know, you know that what you're running on your local machine is going to be, I don't want to say 100% because the, you know, the host that you're on might have some, you know, Mac is a little bit different. I think still, Paul, you'll be mm-hmm. able to speak more to that um, in terms of host operating system. But you know, you're 99.99% of the way there to having complete parity between your environments. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't profess to be like a full on Docker expert, but um, I would say like the inconsistencies might be in like the file system and permissions. Mm. If you're trying to develop locally on Linux with Docker, the file system permissions is much different than on the Mac, which kind of shields you from that, which yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, I, I love working with Docker on the Mac just for that reason. I don't have to really worry about those Screw kinds of issues. Permissions. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So for me, like bridging that gap and uh, I've worked with like a lot of servers, uh, you know, where I've SSH into a server and we've had to modify some config on the fly or whatever, right. you know, and yep. that, that is same all the time. That's probably the, you know, that's probably like the most nerve wracking yeah. thing that you can <laughs> yes, do, um, especially for me at, yeah. at one point, uh, I think we were hitting about 80 million uniques a month or something. Oh, so when you're wow. changing Apache, your, your palms yeah. are literally sweating. Right. Cause you can't yeah. roll that back. Um, right. How do you roll that back? Right. It's you've got some downtime right. regardless. If it freaks out, you're screwed until you figure out how to right. change that back. I mean, we definitely progress our infrastructure into like with chef and puppet, or, or some automation mm-hmm. tools for building servers, you can create yeah. a server that is repeatable, you know, pretty much an Im- immutable environment. But I feel like just Docker makes that a lot easier and kind of involves developers in that process as well. That's cool. Very cool. So give yeah. us a, uh, mm-hmm. give us sort of like a breakdown of the book a little bit. Like what are, you know, what, what was your goal in writing the book? Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. Is this supposed to, yeah, is this like an exhaustive reference guide? Is this a, you know, what level do I need to be at to get started with it? You know, what what are, what are some answers to those questions? Yeah. I kind of played around with, you know, different scenarios of like what audience I want to reach. And I felt like the best audience to reach, especially in PHP, would be like someone that's never touched Docker before, or maybe they've played with it just a tiny bit or whatever. But um, I mean, developers in general, this is still a new thing to a lot of developers. Yeah. And to at my company, that was very true. And um, I was kind of championing, 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 uh, that's a hard word for me to say. <laughs> I was trying to be a cha- I was trying to be a champion of of Docker at my company and I was teaching people how to use it a lot just on the development side and the goal being like I've always just longed for this great development environment that um, mm-hmm. you know that I can control and that's not necessarily like being controlled by another team or an operations team I, w- I, I would like my 
my hand or my involvement in. So that was, you know, why I kind of wrote it. And I, I, I wanted to write it from the developer's perspective because most of the actual development of software is in, you know, is in development. So I felt like that's where Docker should really shine for people is when they're actually writing code. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just a quick, I guess, overview. So I, I basically just take you into just starting a LAMP server. Um, it's very hands-on. I don't Absolutely. get into a lot of theory. Yeah. I was just doing it this, I was just doing it a couple, like maybe, you know, a half hour ago and I was like following along like, okay, like, like write right. this command, like, okay, perfect. Like I was going step for step through it. Uh, which is really helpful, right? Because it's just, it's mm -hmm. just kind of like immediately gets you immersed. Like, and I like it because it was like little bite-sized chunks, right? It's not like I have a massive thing to copy and paste. It's literally like a one-liner, like type this. Oh, mm -hmm. I can see the status yeah. of a container. That's right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, all right. Type this. Oh, cool. Now I have an image that's downloaded. All right. What's next? So it's like, you know, and yeah. so there's like a line and then it's like explanation and here's the relevant bits that you need to know, but it just, it helps you to digest it. You get it's nice because it, it starts you out small, but gets you motivated to kind of like go to the next step and gives mm -hmm. you just enough information to know what's going on and get you to the next step. So I thought it was like well paced. Like the first, you know, I got through the first couple chapters and, you know, I'm on to, I'm on to chapter well, three already and it took me, you know, 20 minutes, but it was very enjoyable and super like I'm really excited about it right now. I, I haven't read through the whole thing. Cool. Obviously, I'm on chapter three, but I know some of the questions I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes will probably be related to the rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to spoil well, it. No. Thank, thank you for that. As an author, you always get a little nervous too about like, if I make this so simple, people are going to think I'm an imposter. Yeah, I'm kind right, of an idiot right. and yeah. I'm a beginner new Docker noob myself. So you, you always run the risk of that. But I always like love writing hands-on tutorials and books just because like when I teach my kids how to ride a bike, like I don't like dr drown them in theory. I go out and I push them and guide them along the way until they kind of figured it out you know yeah right so that's yeah. kind of the same approach i take to teaching as well like i want you running docker commands in the second chapter or the first chapter mm -hmm. yeah i'm just i'm just looking at the chapter overview and i know that you know it starts with the introduction and and the container basics and all of that but i'm drawn to this chapter that's that's called legacy php Ooh. applications Ooh. which is something <laughs> that i'm i'm pretty in the thick of at the moment <laughs> We finally migrated our legacy app to PHP 7, which is nice, but we also are using Apache in our production environment and we've got some reliance on HD password and HD access at the moment. And being a, you know, a Laravel fanboy and, you know, I'm using Valet, so I've got Nginx and I don't have all of this, this Apache stuff, so it doesn't, doesn't work for me. <laughs> so I'm really, like, I'll probably get lost, I think, if I jump in at Chapter 7, but I really want to get my teeth into that one and figure out how I can build up this Apache stack in Docker so that I can actually have a local development environment for this legacy application. Quick plug on that. Can I, can I inject this? You have another article out there. I can't remember what it's called. Is it like called getting started with Docker and PHP? Like it's like the bare yeah. minimums or something, right? Like what is that? Yeah, I think I just wrote down basically like my approach to like making Docker simple. Yeah. And and so I had Michael, I was in the exact same situation. I have an old five, six install that is on Apache and I was trying to run it on valet, same thing. And it's just blowing up. Like I couldn't even run yep. it. Like yep. Nginx was just throwing errors and I'm like, this is impossible. I literally can't develop. So I was going to the, I like, you know, yeah. duplicated the code and put it onto some dev thing. And I'm like <laughs> live editing it to see, it was just a mess. And so that's when I ran yeah. across Paul's article and I was like, okay, I got to give this a try. I had Docker up and running yeah. with that thing perfect in like 20 minutes. And I was like, 
This yeah. is incredible. I was so happy. So now I have two yeah. different Docker containers. Uh, not containers. That's the wrong word. Docker Compose. That's part of my questions. But like, you know, two different <laughs> things, two different applications, repos that I'm running through Docker now because they're legacy. And it is huge huge because there was no, i couldn't get them to run ever on my machine before yeah so uh yes yes yeah. it's amazing my my current process for that legacy application whenever i'm making changes is to do as much as possible without ever looking at the browser <laughs> and then pushing it to git and then deploying it to our staging server and hoping oh for the gosh. best um, <laughs> and and most of the time i don't have any syntax errors or anything obviously You're wrong with it like but that. then our deployment pro yeah, our deployment process is a bit finicky. You have to it's using make files. So I've got to, you know, make install, make deploy, wait for it to deploy. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, Change it. So I'm I'm looking forward to this yeah, poll. It's awesome. Um, nice. And you obviously I'm gonna hit you up if I've got any questions, but I'm sure the book will cover off everything I need to know. So um and that's what I wanna say too. Like if people reach out to me on Twitter, I'm more than happy to help them. I'm kind of in that point in my as a writer, as an author, I'm, I'm really hungry to help That's people. Cool. Um, I'm not, um, you know, I, I'm, I am accessible. I am a very busy person, but I'll try my best to, you know, help out. And quite honestly, like that legacy chapter was the most fun one I was to write ask. Yeah. because I, I knew that a lot of developers are too afraid to admit that they have these legacy environments because in mm -hmm. some cases it, it might be a little embarrassing and, you know, you might get that the developers are like, you know, you should upgrade. That's terrible. It's bad security practices and bad practices. And yeah, you know, in reality, we've all had that legacy yeah. system. And yeah. so I was, I, I was really hoping that you, uh, readers connect with that chapter because we've all been yeah. there. And mm -hmm. um, Docker is a beautiful solution for either upgrading that application to be a little more modern and exactly what you were saying, Michael, so that you can make changes iteratively and actually mm -hmm. test them right away and not be afraid to like, you know, I'm going to write all this code and then run it yeah. after an hour, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and just, uh, I can, I guess I can touch briefly on that chapter. So I did work with cake a lot and I noticed that like cake two, there's a version that works with PHP 5.3. It does support mm. uh, a higher version in PHP, but it was a perfect candidate because I've dockerized cake before, but it, yep. it goes through like modernizing a few things because Docker uses environment variables very heavily. When you're in production, you're going to configure your database through Docker or through environment variables. Yeah. And so I show you how to modernize your app and use .env to bring in some database configuration uh, in the application. And anyway, every app is going to have different challenges in legacy. So it's hard to write an all-encompassing chapter. But I hope the chapter gives you some guidelines, you know, to go through and get it running mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, that was super helpful. The uh, the ENVs you kind of touched on that in that article that I was that I was referencing. And so this old old mm -hmm. application, I didn't have. I needed to figure out a way to be able to swap swap between like my Docker database and like the actual live database, right? So like when I'm deploying it to the live server that it actually lives on, like you know all of the code is just like there's a connect dot php right include at the top of every whatever yeah. that just connects to the database. You had you've only got one of those files. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. There's, My legacy there's app a connect, has like there's a connect, 10. There's a connect underscore old. There's a connect underscore old old. There's a connect mm -hmm. underscore legacy. Yeah. 
or old or back you know, up to. But do you know how you deal three. with those ones? I'll tell you how you deal with all of these different connections in different environments. You have a big if statement, big if, else if, else if, and you go, if get hostname equals equals. Yeah. So what <laughs> I know, did, dev, so dog, what I, did whatever. I just said, um, I just, you know, in my Docker uh, compose file, I just set up an ENV, you know, and said like, I'm on Docker pretty much. And then I just in my in that connect file, I just said, like, if the environment variable I'm on Docker is equal to true, then use this, you know, this connection. Otherwise, use the other one. So anyway, yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, so uh, real quickly, before I move on to my questions, I will say that I would absolutely recommend this book. Like I said, I've read through the first couple chapters of it. I've got to see some of the pre-release versions of it. Paul has been kind enough to share those with us. And so I am so excited that it's finally come to fruition. It is here. And it is an excellent resource. It is, I was telling Paul before the show, it was exactly what I needed because Docker has been one of those things that I really wanted to learn, but it's so hard to find the time to really dive in headfirst on this. And what Paul's done is he's basically taken the best parts of it and the things that I need to know for like that are relevant for me and just made it all concise, right? So like this is a book that I can get through Mm. in probably two hours, hour and a half, two hours. And I can know a large majority of the things that I need to know, right? It's I for me, it's like um, Docker, the good parts, right? Like JavaScript, the good parts. Like it's literally yeah. just like here's what you need to know. Yeah. There are more things that can be known, right? But but they're yeah. all out there in the documentation, and Paul says so, right? Mm-hmm. He referenced the documentation many times, but yeah, exactly. And like making an all-encompassing Docker text would be really ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it is very it is very opinionated, but I feel like I have some pretty decent yeah, opinions. Yeah that I've developed over the last three years. And I try to call out like, hey, this is just how I do it. Um, if yeah. you want to organize your pro- your Docker files, the config files in a different way, that's fine. But maybe stick with mine while sure. you're learning. But yeah, you know. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that's a good point you raised, yeah. Jake, is, is that like, if you've ever looked at the Docker documentation, there's a lot of it and it's largely a list of all of the bits and pieces that you need to know and all the commands that are available and things like that. Having this as a resource that's like, look, forget the craft. This is what yeah, you need exactly. to know to get your, mm-hmm. in, you know, in this specific instance, your PHP application up and running in Docker. And then if you want to start, you know, learning a bit more or going out into deeper waters, then You'll do have that. To, yeah. Being able to like really focus in and say, this is what you need to know. I think it's going to be a perfect way for a lot of people to to pick up. And, and start learning to use developers. It's like one Docker. of those confidence things, right? Like it, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, like I really want to learn Docker, but I'm not confident enough to kind of dive into it yet. And this really mm-hmm. like, I think this gives you a really good start to the point where you'll be able to say like, oh, at least I at least know how to do these things. And so now if like, if you need to wrap your head around some more difficult concepts, you have a really good head start on that. So uh, before we get too much further, mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. to just, wh- where's the best place that people can go to buy this? And is there like, do we have a discount code or anything for the Laravel news listeners or do we not? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. um, I'm guessing you guys can put those in the show notes as well, but there is a post on, there is a post on Laravel news announcing it. And Eric's been uh, an amazing person to me over the last year and just the chance I've had to work with him. I just, I owe, I owe him a ton for just all the, uh, the stuff I've been able to do since, you know, basically last summer when I started working with him, it's just been amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, so there's there's a, a link on the site, um, you know, on Laravel News, and that's the best place to go to get the announcement and kind of get an overview and go buy the book. Mm-hmm. I'm looking right here. Nice. I'm looking to see. We have it's announcing Docker for PHP developers. Yeah, we've got the. Uh, I mean, it's it's literally what it is. Is Laravel-News.com/slash Docker for PHP developers, separated by dashes. But yeah, you can find it on there, 
and it looks like the code is Laravel dash news. So uh, there's the book and then there's a starter bundle. Can you, what, what's the difference between the two of those, Paul? So um, the starter bundle is basically like the things I've learned over the last three years. It's like my production ready environment. Um, so you can basically take that and oh, run cool. with it. Um, just use it as a reference um, to build your own. Yeah, so that's what it is. And it, it goes through some pretty cool stuff in the Laravel. I also have a Symphony starter, but the Laravel starter, I think, is a little more pertinent to this audience. Yeah, sure. You can run the same image as an application, as a scheduler, or as a queue oh, nice. worker. So um, what's mm -hmm. really nice about that is um, some other ways that I've seen this done with Docker is you build an image for perhaps the way you're going to run the queue, you know, right. um, cause you know, a Docker container is going to run, um, you know, basically one process in the foreground and in the book, I show you how to run multiple processes in one container. Um, but th it's a single purpose, for instance, running nginx and running php fpm i run them in the same container because i don't want to deal with networking between an nginx image and a php okay. image so yeah yeah um, it's still a single purpose but there's going to be an fpm process running and an nginx process running in that container together so uh, anyway so the way i've done it is through environment you can say this this container running is going to be a scheduler and this container running oh, is going okay. to be a gotcha. queue worker and and so the nice thing is instead of building a separate image for all three types, you you now have this one image with all of your your application code that can just be repurposed in the context you want to run. Very it nice. In. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Very nice. Yeah, does nice. Does make sense. So, yeah. So that starter bundle I feel like is is you know a really nice way just to quickly reference you know how how you might run Docker with Laravel. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I would suggest that everybody who's listening right now, go ahead and check out announcing Docker for PHP developers. It is an awesome resource and you can get it right now for $29.99 for only the book and $39.99 for the starter bundle. So yeah, please support Paul. He's an amazing community member, does tons to contribute to the community and is now putting out an amazing resource for us. So support Paul, well, go buy that book and, uh, we will continue to be grateful for all your contributions. I'm also cracking on some videos cool. for it too. So that the idea was to do like a whole course, but I really wanted to get the book out there. So I'm really cracking mm -hmm. on some videos right now to kind of combine it all together and complement the this, the text. Nice. Well, we look forward to those coming out and uh, sharing them with with everybody as well. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Paul. I have some. I do have some questions. Uh, we can okay, ask the questions. I'm going to limit it down to my, only my favorite here. All right. So this is this is kind of a it's just like a more of a terminology question than anything. So uh, we have Docker, which is like an application that's running on my computer, right? And then we have uh, kind of this hierarchy. So this is where I'm a little bit confused. So we have images. So an image is like a pre-set like sort of bundle. It's an image. It's called an image, right? So you can download that from Docker Hub or there may be other spots that you can download images from, right? But this is like a, this is an artifact, right? An image, an artifact, like it is a like set thing. You can't really necessarily modify this artifact or you can, or, or can you help me understand more what an image is? Give me a definition. Sure. So um, in the book, I base all of my Docker files off the base image. So think of uh, almost the same way that you extend a class, you can extend okay. an image and build Got on it. top of it. So I take the base FPM image and perhaps copy Laravel okay. into it. But when you actually, I, I believe I cover this in the text, but when you just do a Docker run with the the PHP FPM uh, image directly, um, you know, the, the base one that is on Docker Hub, 
um, you're going to look inside and you're going to see you know, PHP configured and PHP FPM running in the foreground of the pro, you know, as a process. Sure. And that's basically what an image is. It's, it think of it just like, you know, a, ser- a server image, like you go on DigitalOcean okay. and you pick Ubuntu sure. 16, you're going and saying, well, this is my application. It has all my code in it. It has all the vendor files, you know, for composer installed in it. Yeah. So that's basically what an image is. It's just an artifact of, you know, a Linux server in a lot okay, of cases. Gotcha. And then you'd have images for like MySQL oh. and Redis and things like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the nice, the other nice thing about that too, is when you're running all of these things together, you can use like the Alpine Redis or just the Redis, you know, image, and you don't really have to worry about having Redis on your machine. It's just, you know, orchestrated inside of your Docker Right. So file. that's kind of the... And you yeah, can that's sort of it. the next question, so. right? So you have you have an image, and then once you're actually running that, so you say like Docker run or whatever, that you now would reference that as almost like an instance of that image, which you would call a container. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. So then you have a container. So then you have a container for PHP FPM. You have a container for Redis. Your Laravel application or whatever, that's not a container, right? It's just that you've extended the base image, and now that is running as its own container. Like those two things kind of like are composed together, right? Your PHP FPM and your Laravel code. Right. Okay. So that's a single so, image. Yeah. So the, the, the image is based on PHP FPM. It takes everything that was built into that image and then you can install extensions on top of it and then copy your code in and set up other runtime scripts. If you, you know, for instance, I was telling you, you can run as a scheduler, sure, sure. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you copy all your user land stuff into that image. And in the end, your your image is basically your application. Okay, so that is your image then. So like that customized image is like you do refer to that as like a new image. Like that is your own image now. Got it. Okay, mm-hmm. and it that's is, done yes. through like the configuration portion of it is done through a through what file? The Docker Compose file. I know there's like a Docker file right that you can do. So the images are the images are built from Docker files, okay. and then Docker Compose is how you orchestrate all of these different images and running as gotcha. containers. So the contain the Docker Compose then. Uh, sort of coordinates all the different containers that are running simultaneously to allow them to communicate. It handles the networking between them, handles ENV variables, handles what different things you want kind of plugged in. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then all of those together, that Docker Compose, how is it that, and I mean, you can give me a short answer here because I know this is, I said I was going to pick my favorite. This is my favorite. It's all of them in one. (laughs) Um, how do you how do you like take all of those together and deploy that, or are you just taking the Docker Compose file and sending that somewhere, and then it downloads all the different base images and stuff, and then fits everything in there, or, or do you like? Yeah. So deployment, we could we could really go down oh a gosh. rabbit hole. Okay, with if it's not an easy question, then we. I'll have give you to, the. Yeah. I'll give you the short answer. A lot of times in production, I'm using like Google's database service, so it's basically like a MySQL okay. service. I'd rather let them manage that sure. infrastructure than trying to spin it up in Docker. So in development, I'm, I might be using, you know, a MySQL container just to work with Docker. And then in production, my environment files are pointing to an actual like instance that's running, you know, in Amazon sure. or in Google. So um, my my infrastructure in production might look a little different. Gotcha. So when you're deploying, it, it's not literally like you've, so like it's not a direct parallel to something like Java, which is like a compiled language. So you're not delivering like a .exe, right? You're not saying like, here's this thing, like you're saying, here's my Docker compose file, and then you're sending it to the server that's actually going to get it. And then it's going to handle downloading all that stuff and then actually getting it up and running. If you're using like Swarm, which is a way to, you know, run Docker in production, you will rely on the Docker compose file. I'm specifically using Kubernetes. So Kubernetes is a whole different beast and there's a, you know, like a YAML file. So I'm defining all of my container services and Kubernetes allows you to 
you know, run like, let's say I, I need like three application containers sure. running so I can scale up and down yeah, yeah. quickly. I can tell Kubernetes to go run me three instances of Laravel and three instances mm -hmm. of a scheduler or an, a queue yeah. worker. And it'll just spin those up um, for you. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and I would recommend as you get, I, I really focus on the development part. Uh, Chris Fidel has a, a shipping Docker course, which does cover gotcha. a lot of things like Swarm. And I would definitely recommend picking that up too. I feel like every, you know, every instructor, every teacher has different things that you're going to learn from and definitely go check out that as well. Awesome. For deployment specifically. Okay. Sorry if I, sorry if I took that, uh, <laughs> if I took that, I'm going to take one oh. question and uh took like 10 minutes on it so well yeah you guys always cover like a lot of awesome news as well so i feel terrible that the 40 minutes has been no, us no, talking about no numbers. worries no worries <laughs> not a problem at all michael did you have anything else for our favorite human mr paul redmond no i i don't have anything to add to that i again thank you for, for all of the writing that you do for all that you contribute to our community and look i've i've said it before that the first time that you and i sort of interacted online was when you were writing your your first Lumen book, and like it was, it was obvious then. It was clear to me, at least, that you were a good teacher. That what you were putting on the page was practical and useful, and and this is the same thing. So, and it's you know a new thing that everyone's asking for and everyone's wanting to learn about. So, I don't think there's anyone better suited to to sort of writing this material for our community. So, thank you again. Well, thank you. That was very nice. Absolutely. Of you. Also, you guys can look forward to you guys and gals. Can look forward to meeting Paul at Laracon this year. So he's gonna be he's gonna be wearing a big name tag sticker that says "Everybody's Favorite Human." And that's how you'll know. And so just be. Paul. <laughs> I'm gonna have that made for you. I'm gonna meet you at the doors. Be like, here's your name tag, Paul. Nice to meet you finally. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Paul. Super super appreciate all that you do for us, and uh, I'll look forward to reading all the articles you wrote this week in just a couple minutes here. Well, thanks. I, I really look forward to meeting everybody. You know, this summer it'd be it's gonna yeah, be awesome. Absolutely. All righty. Thank you, sir. Cool. All right. No, all right, right. I'm gonna see I'm you gonna next stop. time. This concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at laravel-news.com. Thanks for listening.